So Romans chapter 8, uh, we're going to pick up in verse 29, and uh, we'll, uh, where, as is our practice, where we left off is where we're picking up. Uh, you know, our, um, our focus here is to uh, study the Word of God. Uh, there, uh, and, and there are uh, places and times for topical studies, uh, and we'll do those if and when needed, but uh, the focus here is just studying the Word of God, verse by verse, uh, as we uh, get together. So uh, there's, a, uh, there's a great blessing that I've found in doing this. It's not the only, uh, we're not the only church in town, I'm not saying that at all, but we start to grow in our faith. We start to be challenged uh, in, in uh, things that are written in this book, because if we're just going through some of these cherry-picked things sometimes, we miss some things, Right. Uh, I remember Chuck Smith, who the the, the Lord used, it's used to be the founder of the Calvary Chapel movement. Uh, before he became a Calvary Chapel pastor, he had tw- 200 uh, messages prepared. And he'd go and he'd preach those. And when those were done, he was done. And he didn't know where to pick up from there. I heard him you know, speaking of this. And then uh, he, uh, you know, through uh, the Lord and... and um, I, th- I think some other ministries, uh, there was uh, the realization that he just, if he just start, started reading the word verse by verse and explaining it. Uh, so that's what we do. And uh, that's, we're just going through. It's not the only way to do it, but I, I, I believe it's the right way to do it. But I'm not going to say a church that doesn't do this, doesn't love God, they're not walking with the Lord. They might just be missing out on some very important. The whole Bible is, is, is very valuable to us. So if a church decides to, you know, to do topical, my encouragement to anybody that's attending that is grab the Bible and just start reading it yourself. Make sure you're not missing those things. Right. Because if we're only taking in what somebody is feeding us, we have no ability to feed ourselves. Right. We talked about this briefly last week. But so it's important for us to be in the word. I, I didn't mean to jump on a soapbox there, but where we left off is where we're picking up is what I'm saying. OK, so uh, a recap of last week, uh, we, we studied and, and read through uh, how Romans 826 tells us. Uh, well, it, it really builds up to 826. But we see uh, in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit bears witness within our spirit uh, that we are children of God. Uh, and uh, when we profess to, and, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, God has created everybody. Right. But to become his child, you have to you have to go through Jesus Christ. That's that's the way he set it up. There's one mediator, There's one God and one mediator between God and man. That is the man Christ Jesus. That's first Timothy two five. Right. Jesus Christ claimed, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father, but through me. So once somebody has become a child of God, then you inherit the promises. You inherit all these things, the, the good things that the Lord spoke of in this life and in the next. Right. So when we become a child of God, we can get to a point where we do we do we wonder, do we question, am I a child of God? And when we can find in Romans 8 where it tells us that uh, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, there's your there's your peace, right? Uh, because uh, the, your, your enemy uh, wants to uh, try to detract you from that. Uh, we studied about creation groaning for deliverance from corruption. 
for us as as uh, humans, you know, men and women, uh, groaning for something greater. Even as believers, we know that there's something greater than what we can see and experience here on this earth. So there's a groaning that happens even with us. There's a yearning there. Romans 8.26 tells us that when we don't know uh, what to pray for as we ought, the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings uh, which cannot be uttered. There are times where we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to say. And that the Holy Spirit uh, takes care of our weaknesses and, and, and will, uh, will minister on our behalf. Verse uh, 28 of Romans, where we left off last week, says, And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Uh, th- that's a wonderful thing to, to meditate on. All things work to good for good to those who love him. All things work for good. If we are children of God, if we have professed our faith in him and we have been born again, right? That's the people are like, what do you mean born again? What does that even mean? It just means that we were born as we've already read, right? Uh, that we were born with our, our spirit is dead. Our spirit is, and then uh, is at a point where uh, it's it's not living, and then uh, we Jesus Christ is introduced to us, and and we are quickened, right? We we become spiritually alive in Him. There's that, then and then we picture that uh, in baptism, right? Once we've we've come to the point of I'm a sinner, I'm I, I I'm in need of a Savior, and we we confess, we believe and confess that Jesus Christ is that Savior, and we enter into relationship with Him. Then we experience baptism then we go through and we and that's the picture of the old person that that sinner that was living a life contrary to the word of god uh has come to an end and now i'm going to as a child of god i'm going to live for him and live uh and as he tells me to and submit to his his lordship in my life uh that's 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 somebody who has been born again we've been given a new uh, a whole new life right if anyone is in Christ, they are new creation. Old things have passed. Behold, all things have become new. We're a new creation in Christ. So when we experience those things, then, then we inherit promises from God. When, when, when we are now walking as his children, and we understand that all things work for good, this can be misinterpreted very easily by people who don't love God. And they say, no, everything's going to work out. I know that God's got it taken care of, even though they're rejecting a relationship with him. But they want they want the promises, right? We all we all want uh, the Savior, but not necessarily the Lord. So when when you're looking here, it says it's a great blessing to the Christian, right? For the Christian, you can go. I don't know what's happening. You know, uh, uh, Paul uh, was, was told by the Lord that he was going to suffer for his name, right? So Paul understood what was going to happen, and even Paul, the man who's writing this, says all things work for good, even the beatings he took. Work for good for those who love God, that's Paul, and are called according to his purpose, that's Paul. The man that, that faced persecution was talking about being beaten, stoned. He's been you know, swimming out in the deep uh, you know, a day uh, and a night. You know, those, are, those are things I don't want to experience, right? And what he can say is all things work for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I think we all want to claim, uh, in, in the world we want to claim, hey, I want blessings. I want blessings in those things. But understand, when Paul writes this, he's saying all things work for good. So whatever happens in our life, as we're walking with God, as children of God, whatever happens in our life, we're in his hand. We can't be taken out of his hand. And we can just trust that whatever's happening, we can trust him as we move through it. Right? We may not understand it, but right, even though we don't understand it, 
Read back a couple verses in 26. We don't understand it. We don't know what we should do. The Holy Spirit takes care of those things, right? Okay, so uh, picking up in verse 29, it says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. We talked about it briefly last week. Uh, and my encouragement to you is don't get derailed by endless arguments. Yes, we should understand proper doctrine, uh, and, but, but to obsess over certain things. Uh, I was listening to, to uh, Aaron Dudley speak, uh, teach this week, and then I, he called me um, Thursday or Friday night, and I'm like, hey, I just I, well, I got your ear. You were talking about this, and I didn't get to hear the end of it. What were you talking about? He's like, I don't even remember. <laughs> but it was, it was a blessing to hear him say this. He said some, even within the church, will obsess over something, and the example he used were demons. And he's like, demons are addressed like in four scriptures or whatever that don't, you know, exact number. He's just saying the focus isn't on demons in the scripture. But Christians can get so derailed by certain things that there's an obsession over this, that, and the other thing. And we lose track of the main thing in Jesus Christ, living for him. What ministry uh, opportunities does he have for us? Instead, we're loaded, you know, we're reading these all kinds of books and volumes and all these things that are written about things that are there's not much written of in the scripture. Right? We can obsess over certain things. We can lose sight of uh, the bigger things, right? This is a big thing. It's a, bit, it's a good thing to understand. But uh, my, my encouragement to you is to not get derailed and not, not get to a point where, well, I don't even know if I was, maybe I wasn't even chosen. You know, and people can get to that point. And, uh, but we're going to dive into that here in just a minute. But I, I want to I encourage you that, you know, when Jesus said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish or have everlasting life. Whoever. Whoever hears the gospel and believes in him. Right? And, and when, when we consider things like Matthew 28, the, 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 um, uh, the great command. Um, commission. Thank you. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get my head screwed on here. It's only Sunday morning, but the, I, I do this Sunday night. This is I, I can't be doing this Sunday morning, right? But the Great Commission: Go therefore, make disciples of every nation, preaching. You know, uh, and as we're preaching, we're sharing the you know Jesus Christ. Like we're not just out there just saying what we want. We're sharing Jesus Christ, making disciples, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then they come and it says, "Go make disciples." Right. That person then it's not just like, OK, cool, I'm saved. I don't need to change it all. No, you become disciplined in Christ's teachings. That's what that's being a disciple means, that you are one that sits under somebody else. Then as we're becoming disciples of Christ, being disciplined by the word of God, then our conduct changes. Right. Because when you look here, verse 29, it says he for he who, sorry, whom he foreknew, he also predestined to what become uh, to be conformed to the image of his son. How does that happen? By the power of the Holy Spirit and submitting to the word of God. That's how that happens. There's not a magic way at one waved over us that we say, oh, now I'm perfect. You know, I think every one of us are still waiting for the, the sparkles, right? You know, no. So the question is, whom he foreknew? Right. And uh, he also predestined. Right. When, when you look at that. So, so who does that include? Uh, who God foreknew. God sees all things. He's not limited by time, space and matter as we are. 
So consider this. Isaiah chapter 46 verse 10 says this. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. That's What that's speaking of is that the Lord can declare the end from the beginning because it's all laid out in front of him. God exists outside of time, space, and matter. So it, when, when you look at something like this, who he foreknew, he also predestined, right? I love, I don't know if I shared this or not, but I love how Chuck Smith described this. He says, if you knew the horse who would win, why would you bet on uh, the losing horse, right? If you have that mindset, like you're walking in and horse two is going to win, but I'm going to bet on horse four, right? You just wouldn't do it if you know the outcome of it, right? If you could go back. But when you see uh, everything out in front of the Lord where he can declare the end from the beginning, and it says, uh, and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. The Lord sees everything uh, from, from uh, it's, it's all laid out for him. So as we're you know, in front of him, we, it's hard for us to understand that because we are inside time, space, and matter. Right? It's hard for us to, to fathom. Okay, think of, think of in infinity. Right? Does that already, just hearing the word infinity, does that boggle your mind? Like, there's no end to it. Everything we know and experience here, there's an end to. Right? Life. Uh, good cheeseburger. Whatever it is, right? There, there's a start to something and there's an end to something. There is no end in, in, in heaven. It's, it's an, an eternal place. So when we consider that God can see everything start to finish, what we understand start to finish and way beyond what we understand. That's why he can speak to things that have not yet come. And, and when we're uh, looking through this and, and we're, we're trying to gain a proper understanding, as I already said, where, where it says that whom he foreknew, he also predestined. He understands things. Much Oliver said it today that the Lord's you know, ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We have to trust in someone greater than ourselves. If we're trusting and placing our eternal faith in somebody that we can understand, we're in big trouble because that means they're just like us. We don't even understand ourselves, but you guys, I think you guys get the point, right? Whom he foreknew, he predestined. And he predestined, it says, to be conformed into his, his image. You know, God does a great work uh, uh, through his spirit, through his word to change us, to change our character. Understand that that change comes as we yield to the power of the Holy Spirit and we yield to the Word of God. Our will, right? You know the the the, the Lord's prayer or the the model prayer, right? That, that you know, uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You could pray that every day, and I encourage you if, if, to do that. But if you do it, don't wait. Da, 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 pray done. Okay, that's not what it, it's about. A meditation on what what Christ was was teaching through that prayer too. Right? Thy will be done. Right? Thy will. Not my will. Not my will be done. That's easy. That's an easy thing to do. I just do what I want. Right? But when we're submitting ourselves to the Lord and we're submitting ourselves to the Holy Spirit's work in our lives and to his word, that's when we start being like our conduct, our character, everything about us starts changing. When we submit to it, not just having head knowledge, but submitting to uh, the Holy Spirit, submitting to the Word of God. That's when our chair, our character changed. That's when we the the conf, uh, the, the uh, I was going to say the confirmation, the change uh, happens in our lives to being conformed into His image, 
right? Because a Christian is somebody who is, uh, it can even be uh, understood as a little Christ. Or, or many people today have even uh, read a book, uh, Not a Fan, where it says Christ followers, right? So we're followers of Christ. We should be imitating Christ by how we live. Right, So when we see here that he predestined to what? To be conformed into the image of his son. So how does that happen? By yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, yielding to what the word of God says. You know, Consider how pleased God the Father was with the son where he said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. My encouragement to you is if, if, if you're struggling with this and you're... you're, you're you, you're at a point where you're not understanding how can I be changed, you know, then, then dive into, and I mean, I mean, serious deep dive, shut off the TV. You know, th this is like, this is important stuff in our lives. You know, put your phone down, grab your Bible and just be committed to diving into the scriptures, be committed to praying. And seeking the, the face of God. And as those things happen, the, it, we, are, we are going to be conformed into his image. Right? If we're yielding to his, his will, and we're yielding to the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we're, uh, we're yielding to the, the word of God, and we're letting these things mold us, because it's going to change our mindset. It's going to change how we look at everything. When we understand this thing, whatever it is, is not going to bring me life and fulfillment in life. But then we can pick up the word and go, this will. Right, so what am I going to focus on? What am I going to meditate on? That's how uh, that's how we're you know that that uh, that change within our lives happens. It's not a magic wand that boom. Hey, I said the prayer. How come I'm not perfect or anything like that? It's no. God is going to be the the sanctification process has happened right then. Once we come to faith, the sanctification, right, and then as we grow, the Holy Spirit just continues to change us, build us, rip things out of our lives that don't need to be in there. Help us to give us the strength to turn away from those things that are not good for us, physically, spiritually, whatever it is, as we yield to his word and his will, uh, that we're going to experience growth uh, within our lives. And our conduct is going to change. Uh, our speech is going to change. Um, uh, everything about us is going to change. And it should be evident, right? I, uh, I have a uh, few people in my life that I've, I've joked and said, you know, <clears throat> this person their middle name could be a swear word, right? Because they're using swear words all the time, right? How does that change? When we come to a point like, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to, that speech is wrong. The scripture condemns it. I'm not going to do that. That needs to come out of my life. You know, this needs to come out of my life. That needs to come out of my, whatever it is. Though that we each, uh, we're called from something, right? And, and every day we have to realize we're in a spiritual battle. We can't lose our guard, Go oh, okay, cool. You know, I fought that battle. Nothing else is coming. No, you know, it could be a reload happening right now, right? We have to understand it's a it's a constant connection with the Father through the Word of God, uh, the Holy Spirit just ministering to us and leading us uh, in the way of God. And our our way is going to be changed. We're going to be conformed into His image. So if you're wondering whether you're in or not, ask the Lord. And uh, there's the uh, the question. People will say, well, how does somebody know if they're predestined to, uh, to eternal life and everything? Well, and, and especially if somebody's asking that, are you hearing the gospel right now? You're being afforded the opportunity to accept it or not, right? Uh, because oftentimes the question will go, what about the ancient aborigine? I don't know. That's, a, that's between God and them, right? You know, you know those, those are things that we're judged according to what we know. 
right? So, uh, but that can also be a, a pretty big distraction. Hey, why don't we just move the distraction from this uh, really uncomfortable conversation? We'll talk about what's happening over in wherever, Zimbabwe or something, right? No, if you're, uh, if you've struggled with that, or you know people that are struggling with that, just say, hey, if you're hearing the gospel, then you're being uh, called. The Lord is is reaching out to you. So it says here, the end of, uh, of verse 30, it says, Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. Whom he called, he also uh, justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. So uh, God calls us to him. Uh, we've studied in Romans chapter 2 that it's the goodness of God that calls us to repentance. So there can be the call to repentance. There can be called the call to service. Those two should come together, right? Once we've repented, we grow in a relationship, then, uh, then comes the calling of service. But uh, just understanding you know, what he does and how he works. It says that he calls and then he justifies. He justifies. Justified means being declared righteous. Uh, there's a, a, an easy, fun way, kind of a corny way to remember it. Justified never sinned, right? Justified. So kind of a cute thing, like, you know, elbow your friend, ah, justified, right? But but essentially that is what it means. So, uh, but being declared righteous. So God calls, he declares righteous, and then he glorifies, it says. He glorified. You know, uh, you know, God, because he exists outside time, space, and matter, he can speak of the future because it's already before him. He sees his children in their glorified state. God sees everything. So that's why God can speak of things as though they've already happened because in his eyes they already have. Right? So when we see those things and, and the glory that, that we uh, have to experience, that we're going to uh, experience if we have a relationship with him, uh, is to be in his presence. You know, we look forward to that glorification that comes from him, to be with him, right? To be with him. His eyes were already there. So God can speak to things, as we read in uh, in. Um, Isaiah 46.10 says, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things which are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. God does what he wants. If we don't like it, it's not like God's like, oh man, John's really mad at me today. I don't know what I'm going to do, right? God does, he's God. We know we're the, uh, you know, he's the potter, we're the clay. And we're actually going to get into that next week. Um, but just understanding who he is. Verse, uh, verse 31 what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who does not spare his, did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So, uh, you know, what is the conclusion of that thought? If God is for us, who can be against us, right? So he's, he's, he's moving on saying, hey, okay, you guys understand that? Now look at this. If God is for us, uh, who can be against us, right? You're, you're familiar with no weapon that form, that's formed against us shall prosper. As I stand in the Lord, there's nothing to fear as I stand in the Lord. You know, move forward in our lives. There's a, there's a, a uh, when, when we see in our lives a need to grow, we, we should be growing, right? There should be a growth process that ha that's happening, uh, a maturity that's happening. Right. As we're as we're here studying and, and we're taking notes or however you remember things. Right. And there's a maturity that as as we read the word of God and we understand it more, there should be growth. There should be something changing uh, within us to help us understand these things better. 
But when we understand things like no weapon to form, uh, that's formed against me shall prosper. If you look at something like Romans 8, 28, right? All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose, right? You could, Somebody who's standing in opposition to God and wanting to claim these, these uh, promises, we can't do that, right? Consider, consider the, the covenants that were made, right? There were covenants, and, and God said, if you keep my commandments... If you do these things, right? But if you choose not to and reject these things in your life, you're not going to experience these blessings. You're not going to have these these great uh, these great uh, things in our lives that we can stand on and go. You know what? I have nothing to fear. I don't have to. I don't have to worry about anything. What shall we say to these things? Right? If God is for us, who can be against us? If you're worried about persecution, right? This guy had some persecution to face. You know, consider, you know, Peter, you know, after they all got the stuff and beat out of them, they're, they're like, I cannot but preach the word of God, right? I, I have to. You can tell me not to, but I have to. This is, this is what I need to do. These things need to happen. It says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He didn't spare his own son, right? We we uh, just re we just talked about John three sixteen, right? And uh, the the fact that, that that Christ came to save sinners, and it says, but but delivered him up for us all. Anybody who's hearing that wants to accept can come to that uh, saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We can come to that point of, oh, you know what? I've heard the gospel. I want to believe that or reject it, right? And some want to hit the snooze button, right? I'm not ready, right? I'm just going to hit that, that snooze button. We'll have this conversation when I'm done having fun or whatever it is, right? I don't want to let go of this yet. <clears throat> but when we understand the length and, and the, the, uh, what God has done, the, the, the length of the display and how powerful display of God's love for us, when we understand that, it, that his great love for us would send his own son because it was the only way for us to be forgiven. For something perfect to die for the imperfect. In the eyes of the law, right? With God being a just judge, something had to die to pay for our sins because we were dying. And when we come to the realization of, so God became a man and died in my place? When, when, we, when we come to that point, of realization of what God did, that he didn't spare his, even his own son on our behalf, on our behalf, that we might be reconciled to the Father. Oh, that's, that's something to meditate on. Delivered him up. How shall he not through him uh, also uh, freely give us all things, right? The whole mission of Christ was to die for us and to make the way for us. Consider Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Who being the uh, brightness, speaking of Jesus, the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Purged our sins. That's why he came. Where it says, he, in him, and what it's talking about in verse 3, it says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, saying Jesus Christ is the, is the Father, right? When the, remember when he was asked, the Lord, show us the Father that we might believe. He's like, have I not have I been with you so long you've forgotten all the teachings, everything here? God became a man to purge our sins. Took on our sins so we don't have to. 
How shall uh, he not with him, who is Jesus, also freely give us all things? Second Peter verses one, uh, verse one, uh, chapter one, verse three says, "As his divine power has given us to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue." What that is saying, read this again, hopefully I won't stumble through it, but as his divine power has given us to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. In him, right? Through the knowledge of him who called us by the glory of the virtue and virtue. Understand that in him, in him are all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. What do we have? What do we have available to us? Right? Holy Spirit, Word of God. Submitting to those two things, we have what we need. All those things that pertain to life. We, we've got salvation in Him, right? So how do we live this out? How do we walk it out? Knowing the Word of God, being in the Word of God, submitting to it, and walking in the Spirit, not in the flesh, right? The Spirit will give us the power to live for Him. You know, when we consider, how do I grow in godliness? By the power of the Holy Spirit, submitting to the Word, looking at Christ as the example, right? Christ is the example for everything for us. How do we deal with this? How do we deal with that? How did Jesus deal with it, right? Remember the bracelets? What would Jesus do? That's, I understand there, that had a place. You know, Sometimes it can be taken way out of context. But, but when you consider, uh, okay, how, how do I live? How do I, what do I do to deal with this situation? What did Jesus do? You know, and, and just look and using him as an example. I like that it says freely given. Freely given. You know, that, that's, a, that's a, a blessing for us. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? What do we need? We need godliness. And, uh, you know, that the purification process that happens. We need those things. We need the Word of God. We need His Spirit. He gives them to us. They're free. Verse 33, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? So here's Paul using the question and answer thing, right? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So Paul is asking this question. He's not saying, hey, here's the question, and uh, it's, it's, it's God that's bringing charges against us. He's saying people can say what they want. They can, uh, they can come through with charges uh, against God's elect, but it's God who justifies. Who, who are they to bring these charges, right? Who is he who condemns? Now, we don't have to worry about that because we know that Christ died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So if somebody wants us wants to condemn, all we got to do is run to Jesus. I'm, I'm feeling condemned. I need to come to the Lord. So any charge uh, you know, uh, that's, that's standing against us, right? Uh, they, they have nothing to stand on. If it's, if it's God who justifies, God uh, is, is the one who declares righteous. Right. So if there's a charge against you, right, and you've got to go into court and you have to prove your innocence, we uh, what we can stand on is the justification we've received in the father and just say, you know what, in, in the father's eyes, uh, you know, I, I may be charged. There may be something that's said of me. 
There, there, there may be this belief, this uh, you know, false word that's spreading about, uh, uh, spreading around, or someone's sa- saying even to me. Now, who's going to bring a charge against God's elect? I don't have to worry about it because God has has uh, declared me righteous. You know, who is He who condemns us? Uh, who who condemns? You know, I don't have to worry about that either because Christ died and is risen, is at the right hand of God. He is the one who makes intercession for me. So anybody uh, who, who would want to uh, even even try to condemn, including our enemy, you know, our spiritual enemy, the devil, Satan, right? We don't have to worry about those things because of the power that we have in Christ. What did Christ do, do for us? He died and rose again and is at the right hand of the Father, and he's the one who intercedes for us. He's the one to take care of these things. When we understand there is an accuser of the brethren, uh, and they and, and they have nothing. He has nothing on the believer. Revelation uh, twelve verses ten and eleven says. Then I heard a loud voice saying from heaven, "Now salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren, who who accused them before God day and night, has been cast down, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb." and by the power of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. The accuser is the one that's going to tell us we're not worthy of God's grace and his mercy. That's right, but in a discouraging way. We're not worthy of God. Why are you even a Christian? Why are you even bothering? Why are you even going to church? Right? We've talked about this, right? And we'll talk about it here in a little bit more. So how do we discern between the two, uh, the, tr- the two things that we can hear, right? Can God be trusted is another question. Can, can, can God really be trusted? Can, can you really trust the word of God? Can you build your life on the word of God and your faith and all those things? When those questions come in, those are not from the Holy Spirit. Because those questions, what are they doing? Driving you away from Jesus Christ. The condemnation comes from the wicked one. Then we, what we see here is uh, what's being said here. It is Christ who died, and then it goes on to say that he's the one that makes intercession for us. So there's one that, can, that would want to condemn and bring charges against us. But we don't have to worry about those things because Christ is our advocate. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation, the payment for our sins, the one that came in in our place, right? And not only, and not uh, for ours only, but also for the whole world. If we have a conviction over something, if there's something in our lives that needs to be uh, done away with, right? Somebody's led to the, the, the bad images on the internet or whatever those things. And, and the correction that's coming for it is saying, that is not good for you. Remember what the word of God says. Go to the Lord in repentance. That's the Holy Spirit. If there's a voice coming saying, see, told you you were no good. Quit. Go. This is all a joke. You can forget all about it. That's from our enemy. 
So when these type of questions where somebody's saying them or we, we we're experiencing a spiritual attack that's saying these types of things to us, we can just say, no, I've got an advocate, one that's that has is stands before me, makes intercession. Hebrews 7:25 says, Therefore, he, Jesus, is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to him through uh, to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for us. Because Christ lives, he intercedes for us. It says he always lives to make intercession for us. He intercedes for the sinner, right? So if we if we find ourselves in that point and we're going, I, I just, you know, crisis of faith or whatever, cling to the word of God. I cling to verses like this. Say, is the word true or not? Can I cling to it or not? And then we need to exercise that faith, right? Just, just understanding what it says and being like, okay, cool. No, it's actually training our mind and our emotions, grabbing a hold of them, and saying, this is what the word of God says. I am going to live by the word of God. I'm not going to follow my feelings. I'm not going to follow anything else but that uh, what the word of God says. And if we're, if we're doing that and we're, we're, we're disciplining our, our mind through the word of God, right? And we're bringing ourselves to a point of obedience to the word of God. That's where we're going to experience the freedom. And we're going to understand these things so much better. It's when we're, our, our mind gets cloudy by uh, circumstances, things that are said, or, 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 or we're uh, being driven away. Whatever it is, it's clinging to the word of God where we're going to find our strength. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It's a great question. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. You know, look at these things that are listed here. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Shall things that are hard for us to endure? Tribulation, right? Those, that's, that doesn't sound fun to me. Tribulation. Hardship. We don't like those things. We'd rather have that say, everything's going to be rosy. Everything's going to be, you're just going to kind of skip along than those things, right? Or distress, or persecution, or famine. You know, is hunger going to do it? Separate us from the love of Christ? Nakedness? that going to separate us from the love of Christ? Right? Those things that can be experienced, right? Where you've lost everything. But does Christ still love us? Right? We, you know, those things that we have uh, in this life, you know, they, they might be gone. We might be hungry. Hopefully not naked. Right? Or peril or sword. Dying. Death. Right? Peril. Death. Sword. You know, those, those things, oh my goodness. Can these separate us from God's love? The love of Christ? Absolutely not. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to the slaughter. Whatever, is, whatever your will is, Lord, we're just going to walk with you. But the Christian can, can cling to things like this in John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me, and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Anybody ever tells you Jesus never declared to be God, 
He does it all the time. 2 Peter 3.12 says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Be prepared for it. We have to, we have, to have the mindset, right? Be ready to be laughed at. Oh, here he comes. Oh, oh she's got this to say again. You know, or whatever. Just be ready for it. Jesus told us, second half of John 16, verse 33, says, In the world you will have tribulation. In the world you will have tribulation. You will. doesn't say you might. You know, there's a high, high chance it says you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So when we are faced with trials of, of many kinds, right? Clinging to Jesus. I like how the answers are, are, are simple, you know, when we can look and go, oh, okay, so the answer is clinging to Jesus, tr trusting in Jesus, submitting myself uh, to the Lordship of Christ, and following his word. I love that, like, as we're reading through, the you guys know uh, in my academic, you know, history in, in school, these answers are really easy. Living that out is often much more difficult because we don't want to like submit ourselves we want to we want to go along with what our flesh wants so carrying these things out and doing these things practicing our faith is much more uh, difficult because we're wrestling with the flesh right we just we've got the flesh right there that's that's warring against the spirit verse 37 says yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. More than conquerors through Christ who loved us. That means we can go into spiritual battle knowing that the war is already won. Right? We don't have to go into it on our own strength. It's already won. We're, all, we're more than conquerors in Christ. It doesn't say you're more than conquerors. Keep your head up. Keep working hard. Right? In Christ. That's where our power comes from. That he's our, 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 our source for victory. When we're in Christ, we already have the, the, the victory in Christ. More than conquerors through him who loved us. Right? We're not the conquerors. He's the conqueror. We conquer because he did. And then there's this thing where it's being said, there's no one and no thing that can separate us from the love of God. You think about, okay, he's God Almighty, and he, he, he uh, spared no expense and went to the greatest lengths to, to demonstrate his love for us. There's no way that anything can separate us from that love. There's nothing and nobody. We need to be wary, though, because wedges can be driven into churches. Wedges can be driven into our own lives. Little things of compromise. Well, you can do this. This could happen, right? But a little thing that, that starts becoming big, and we can start walking away from the Lord. Right? There's nothing that can snatch us out of God's hand. But man... You know, our own flesh, you know, consider, you know, in the church even today, you know, there's a, there's a great comp compromise within the church to, to be accepted by the world. Like, hey, we're not going to talk about these things. We're not going to address these things because we don't want people to run away. We want more people. 
If we have more people, then we're going to have more money. We can build a, build a bigger building, and then we can start doing advertising, and more people are going to hear. But there's a massive compromise right here. Right? There are these things that will come up, in, like in today's culture. Just think of biology. Just say, like, it, it, it's hate speech to say that a boy that's born a boy is a boy. And if somebody argues that, I'm, I, I, I'm conducting hate speech. No, it's called DNA. Right? The church can't sit here and say, well, we're going to push the word of God aside and say it's of no, it's of no use. And, 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 and you know what? We'll just, we're just not going to talk about those things. We're just going to talk about making people feel good. And, 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 and those things and just bring in, hey, just positive things, right? Just positive, only positive. You look through the scripture, there's some pretty tough stuff to read, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to err every time on the side of the scripture when it comes to any type of political issue or whatever. The Christian should be going to the word of God. What is the word of God saying about these things? Often the argument is, is how many years old is that? Well, how many years old is DNA, Right? DNA hasn't changed. Why does the word of God have to change? God doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm going to take his word for it, not the popular opinion. There's nothing that can separate us. We have to be sure in our lives that there is not compromise. That's allowing us to, to be brought into some sort of a bondage, some sort of uh, issue where we're, we're creating these things. We're bringing these things into our lives, right? Stand on the truth of God's word and submit our lives and our will to him. Just to understand there's no thing and no one that is more powerful than God. In a moment, we might think so. And we might be deceived into thinking so. Yes, I know God's all-powerful and, and all these things, but I have to have this. I have to do this. I have to say this or watch this or whatever it is. Right? We, we can convince ourselves that God is not powerful enough or he's not present enough. No, he is. We have to understand, is this, this voice that's calling for me to do this, is this my flesh or is this the Holy Spirit? Right? Romans 7. Right? I have to be able to identify these things. What am I going to do? He, you know, God's great to the, gone to the greatest extents to show his love for us. There's nothing that can separate us from his love. Romans 5.8. God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Just understand there's nothing more powerful than the love of God when God himself is love. The scriptures declare that he is love. There's nothing more powerful than him. So find comfort, find peace in the scriptures, in submission to Jesus Christ, the Lordship of Jesus Christ, uh, letting the Holy Spirit lead us, letting the word of God lead us, rather than us trying to do our own thing. We do our own thing, we are going to fail. We are going to be overpowered. But if we're walking in the spirit and not in the flesh and we're submitting ourselves and understanding more of who God is and the power that he has in our lives, that he can see everything beginning to end and that we just need to trust him and walk with him, follow him. That's where we're going to find victory in our lives. Amen. Amen. Father, we are so grateful for how you work in our lives, how much you love us. Lord, help us to, uh, to remember who you are and our great need for you. 
that you're worthy of our worship. Lord, that, that we need to submit our will to yours. That we need to uh, yield our will to that of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That we would let the word of God lead us. All these things start falling into place. We become spiritually disciplined as these things happen. And we start growing. We find strength. We don't have to worry about the things that can come up against us. We can just trust in you. There's nothing more powerful than you. Death, life, whatever it is, Lord, help us to trust you, follow you no matter what. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace and peace to you guys.